If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 224. This is our 2022 Wyndham Championship and Kazoo Open Tips Podcast. Paul Williams of Barry Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning, chaps. Morning, guys. Uh, please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gambler aware. You can visit begambleraware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website with our in depth betting previews, tournament strokes gained analysis, tournament form statistics, form charts including combined course plus current form all merged together. We've also got PGA Tour and DP World Tour. Predictive optimizers, all of these features, like this podcast, are all completely free of charge. There is no paywall at Golf Betting System. Right. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Barry is at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I'm at Bamford Golf. You can join our golf betting system Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Plus, look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the golf betting show every week. Please subscribe and like the shows. Right, it's five star review time. Uh, we had a, we had a, a couple more arrive this week, so thank you. But as we always say, five star reviews absolutely vital. So please keep them coming. Leave your name and where you are in the review. This one is from Evan, and he's in California. So uh, he's California dreaming, I think, this, this, this Evan chap. Must listen for golf junkies, five stars. For years, I have been doing four-player weekly drafts with three of my best friends. Historically, it has been a relatively even spread of who wins week to week. Enter the Golf Betting System podcast. I started listening in March and have been on an absolute tear ever since. I now win 75% of the weeks and won the PGA Championship by 31 strokes. Exclamation mark. The combination of course strengths and weaknesses, agronomy, and historical trends has taken my picks to another level. Must listen each Tuesday. Well done, guys. And that is from Evan. And he is in the Golden State. Thank you, Evan. Brilliant stuff. Well done, Evan. Yeah, I... I well, and well done on your uh, continued success. I'm guessing you haven't told your friends about the uh, the podcast and where you, you have been uh, <laughs> getting some of your ideas and thought processes from, which is probably a good move if it's that competitive. But uh, yeah, thanks for the review as well. Very good. That's some. But I think we've. He is on a heater. Yeah. Um, hopefully, had some of the guys, some some of the guys we mentioned last week, like um, Taylor Pendrith. Um. Eddie Pepperell, if he was playing a bit of um, DP World Tour action. And um, I know mine weren't outstandingly cryptic, but um, Cantley and um, Young, they all finished second last week. I think that was a podcast first. 
four second places across the two tours. Yeah, well, as you said, off Mike Barry, you can uh, you can only take the uh, players and put them into position, can't you? Um, as to what happens when push comes to shove, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a variable game. There's, there's uh, all sorts can happen on a Sunday, and yeah, it didn't quite happy happen for any of our four contenders last week, which was a shame. But uh, nice to be in the mix at least. Yeah, it's good, good to feel alive again after a few weeks of not so much. But I mean, I, I think we've got to talk about the elephant in the room or, or the Terminator in the room. He's Terminator. I just didn't. I, I didn't see any other outcome going into Sunday, the final round, other than him winning. And like, like he's getting. Uh, I don't know what to do. He if he if he if he pops up and wins one of the FedEx events now. He's really kind of caught up, caught caught up to where we expected him to be at, with you know four or five, you know, with four or five wins at this stage of his career. Yeah, and quickly caught up as well, wasn't he? You know, he carries on this trajectory. He's going to be uh, heading towards the world number one uh, spot by Augusta. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be doing my homework for the first event of the of the playoffs, uh, which is in St Jude. Uh, at, sorry, it's the um, WGC, where well, it used to be the WGC. They've now made the FedEx Cup event the first uh, leg of the playoff next week down in Southwind, uh, Memphis. Yep. So I'll be doing I'll be doing some digging. I had a quick glance at it yesterday, actually. It's it, I, We have seen in the past someone like, um, uh, I was going to say McElroy, but someone of that ilk that's been hot and continue to be hot first week of the playoffs so mate, that might be something for Tony mm, but yeah he's, certainly, he's turned into you know from T4 Tony to then T2 Tony after he won the Northern Trust in a playoff with Cam Smith that, that's a that's a that's a win that ages well he then became of course Tony T2 now and now of course Tony Terminator now. He's, he's just when um, Tony, you can you, when Tony drives the ball straight, which is pretty irregular. Um, he's a very tough man to beat, isn't he? I mean, his drives last week were just astronomical. Yeah, and he's he's hitting like eighty five percent of fairways at the very top of his game at the moment, and that's yeah. evident from the as Barry said, there was there was no other winner, was there? Even even with the the guys that um, that you collectively had backed um, that were kind of right in his slipstream theoretically they're just never getting close enough to uh, the door was never open yes yeah. um, no, very very good and uh, yeah I, I, I really hope he doesn't take his foot off the pedal now because while he's playing that kind of golf he could go forward and do something quite um, quite impressive over the next I few think weeks. I think he's taken a little bit off his driving distance because he, he averaged 309 off the tee which was mid-pack you compare that to Cantlay, 323, Cam Young, 321. But all of a sudden, instead of hitting 62.5% of fairways, which Cantlay did, Finau was at 82% of fairways hit, which was third in the field. Mm. Which, when you're driving at 310, 309... It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And then, of course, he's hitting 91.7% of greens in regulation. Now, that's a number. I'm not even sure I can recall... A number that high. He hit 66 of 72 greens. He only missed six greens all week. That's mad. Yeah. 
Sublime golf. That, that is Terminator golf. How he only won by five is a mystery. <laughs> when you think about it. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. Yeah, but, but uh, this this kind well, of reminds. If he goes on and wins another one, let's say in the next two or three events, um, mm-hmm. kind of reminds you of the heater that uh, Hideki went on that November. Do you remember? He, I think he won three out of four. Mm. Yeah, he, yeah, that's right. That was yeah, the he, first time in the regular season. So we're not including Cantley in the playoffs last year because, of course, he won the Tour Championship off of a ten under starting score. That's the first time since our old friend Brendan Todd in the autumn of 2019 that a player has won back-to-back consecutive weeks on the PGA Tour. So fair play to Tony. Uh, just just for people that go back and listen to previous podcasts, a note on the Rocket Mortgage Classic, pick Bombers. I think that was plain to see. <laughs> Bombers. At the Detroit Golf Club. Um, what about the action that we saw on the DP World Tour pull up in uh, St Andrews? What did you make of that sort of 35, 40, 40 second synopsis? Yeah, well, Sean Crocker eventually got over the line, and we've we've seen him before really struggle on the Sunday. So I was really quite hopeful of Eddie Pepper as he was scything his way through the field. Fantastic round from Eddie on Sunday, seven under, um, to put himself in position. And a Sean Crocker of old would have folded. And uh, he didn't do it. I mean, I looked at Sean Crocker. I had a good look at him before the event. And my conclusion with him was that his strokes game putting over the last well, six, eight events had been negative every single week. And I just couldn't stomach that. And of course, the week that he comes up against one of my guys, he produces a uh, fifth in the field strokes game putting performance and uh, manages to hang on, which is a little frustrating. But you know, every every dog has its day, and uh, yeah, ultimately he managed to hang on, managed to make a couple of par saves um, coming home, and, uh, and that was good enough. Which uh, yeah, shame. But Eddie's playing well. Eddie's playing some really good golf. His swing looks fantastic at the moment. So. Uh, yeah, one to keep in mind, um, particularly as we get to the uh, action this week, I think. A, a win is incoming. I think we're, so. we're going to have to grab it round the throat, and I'm sure that it'll be particularly tricky to get it in the actual catch net, as they tend to be. But a win is on its way, boys. I can, I can mm. feel it. Maybe it's going to be this week. We've got the Wyndham Championship on the PGA Tour. Which I've had the last four we four years. I've had the last two winners in this. I've had Snedeker at twenty eights, and of course, we. I think we may have all been on Kevin Kisner at prices up to fifty five to one last year at the Wyndham. Mm. Mm. Snedeker, fun. Kisner, JT Poston. There's three of the last four winners. I mean, that instantly says to me, good putters. So uh, that's one of the that's one of the areas I've been focusing on this week for the Wyndham. Um, it's the close of the regular season this week. So I saw I did actually see a FedEx Cup standings list last week. I think it was on like a PDF. It's not on the official standings where there are no 
Um, we haven't got any of this Saudi Arabian players on it. So top 125, remember, after the Wyndham, get full playing privileges for next year on the PGA Tour. That's the magic number, 125. They also, of course, that 125, then go forward, travel down to Memphis, Tennessee for the first playoff event next week where they start dishing out the serious money. And actually, I've got to say, for the for the closing uh, regular season event, I think it's also because the way the schedules work this year, you've actually had three events post-Open Championship. So that, you know, most players have, have, have at least put one of those events in. I mean, McElroy hasn't. The super elite, doesn't. they don't seem to have bothered. They'll be going straight to Memphis next week. But this week, we're seeing Sung J.M. That's two events he's done since the Open. Shane Lowry, he comes out to play this. Zalatoris is playing. Zalatoris, um, it's all crossing T's and dotting I's, isn't it? But Zalatoris isn't as yet confirmed in that top eight for the uh, President's Cup. So I think that's probably why Will's playing. Plus, he's got local links, of course, from Wake Forest. Uh, you've got Webb Simpson playing. Webb Simpson. The first oak market to, uh, to actually come out yesterday was Paddy Power. And they had, and they still have got, Webb Simpson at 14 to 1 joint favourite. I was like, oh my God. He's not exactly been uh, tearing the place up recently, has he? <laughs> oh my God. He'd have been like 12 to 1 in his pomp. And yeah. they it, had it, him it, chalked been... up as the joint favourite on first show, and they have not budged. 14 to 1. He's 22 to 1, generally available. Taking no chances. That is mad on Webb Simpson. Outstanding, isn't it? But yeah, uh, yeah, the current form is just not there. Uh, Horschel's playing. Now, Horschel's another one. He's um, he's right at the top of the President's Cup list, but he's outside the top eight. So he's got something severely to play for over the next couple of weeks, including uh, this week at Sedgefield. You've then got the likes of um, Can't Win, Won't Win, Russell Henley, Corey Connors, Sibu Kim, Adam Scott, um, Juhun Kim, Paul. Is it Bob Kim? Tom. 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 I always call him Bob, Tom. don't I? And it's Tom. 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 After Thomas the Tank Engine, that's his. Tom Kim's playing. I don't know why I call him Bob Kim. Maybe I've got yeah, it don't right. Don't call him and Bob because you've got it wrong. But I, I might <laughs> you, just you confuse call, yourself. I, I might keep calling him Bob Kim. Um. Anyway, Tom Kim's playing. Um. He's now got his playing privileges. For next season. So he will be on the PGO Tour. He went to special temporary membership and now he's got enough points where he's fully qualified for next season. Won't feature in the FedEx Cup this year though, unless he wins this week. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton, Kevin Kisner defending, Denny McCarthy and Brian Harmon coming off a top six, was it? Top seven finish at the Open? Yep. So it's a decent field. Um, the likes of Aaron Wise, Harold Varner, Justin Rose and uh, Barry's friend Taylor Pendrith. You're getting this week, Barry, only as short as 35 to 1 on Taylor Pendrith. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's yeah. amazing what an each-way place can do to someone's odds, isn't it? Shredded. Shredded. What can you do? Absolutely. Um we are playing this week. Uh, let's mention a couple of bookmakers, shall we? Uh, Ball Sports have gone their now traditional 10 places each way a 50 odds as their standard each way offering. So um, well worth investigating the 
uh, last three years now, going back to 20, 21 and now 22, uh, they have given the most additional each way places across the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. So if you haven't got a Boyle Sports account and you'd like additional each way spots, well worth having a funded account. You can open up an account via Golf Betting System, both uh, a offer that they have in the Republic of Ireland and Northern Ireland, and also a, U- a UK offer, so Scotland, England and Wales. So check out the website for that if you haven't got a Boyle Sports account. Um, I also, we, we've said the last couple of weeks now as well, Bet365, their each way extra facility. I know that I got a couple of my players uh, on my previous day up with the best price on that Bet365 each way extra facility. So well worth looking into on that. Right. Sedgefield Country Club we're visiting this week, chaps. It's in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, it's a regular stop-off. We see this every year. Donald Ross design. So they've got Don, two Donald Ross golf courses in consecutive weeks on the PGA Tour. This one I classify as a Carolina-type golf course. And what I mean by that, tight, tree-lined, lots of dog legs. So if you're thinking Carolina golf courses, the two... Obvious ones on the PGA Tour are Harbortown, where they play the RBC Heritage the week after the Masters every year, and also Quail Hollow, which, as we all know, is Rory McIlroy territory. He tends to win the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow most years. They're the two golf courses that, to me, have the most Carolina connotations, uh, plus, you can also throw into there, and one that actually has some decent links to winners here, is Copperhead, where they play the Val Spa Championship every year. That's in Florida, but plays very, very Carolina-like. Uh, Bermuda greens, tree-lined, tons and tons of dog legs. Uh, number of holes in with water in play this week, six. It's a full Bermuda grass golf course. Uh, the greens themselves, 6,000 square feet, which are large. They are very large greens for a 7,131-yard par 70. They feature the champion Bermuda grass variety. Now, in my going back, I'm trying to dip into my um, into my memory here. The last Bermuda golf course we saw was at the Zurich Classic team event, I believe. That is some way off, isn't it? Yeah. Everything since bent, everything grass, going back to that point has been bent grass or poana or a mix of the two. Mm. I think we also saw Paspalum one week, didn't we, down in Mexico? But we haven't seen yep. any Bermuda going back quite a few months. And that often throws different names into the mix: Bermuda grass positive players and putters. Uh, Sedgefield itself, 300-yard carry, 26 yards wide the fairways. Now, compare that to Detroit Golf Club. Bearing in mind that they're two, both uh, Ross designs, Detroit last year was 35 yards wide, wide at the same point. So these fairways are nine yards thinner. And actually, and this was one of the reasons, Paul, in the end, I didn't plump for our friend Cam Champ. Mm. 
because this you look at the winners here, you look at how far they tend to drive the golf ball. They tend to be the more accurate, straighter drivers that ultimately win this. Yeah, and that often makes sense on a shorter course. Um yeah, a bit more precision, a bit more a bit more strategy from off the tee. Um, you, you say, you know, you, you can never say never, can you? Because no. the long, longer hitters can club down or they can have a particularly good week from off the tee. But um, yeah, it's a bit tighter, uh, bigger greens. So if you do miss the fairways, then you've still got a chance of making the greens. But um, it probably needs a little bit more finesse this week. So champ by six then. I do fear Champ because, as as we have said, he is the sort that just. If you look at him over five weeks, eight tournaments, two months, six months, his numbers are always terrible because he's so erratic. But actually, in micro slivers of data, even round to round, when he clicks, he's severely dangerous. And actually, take away that ridiculous three over that he shot on Friday last week to almost miss the cut. He'd have been in the top six if he'd have just yep. thrown in a par round or just yep. something under par on the Friday. He's he's very close. Yeah. Very, very close. And he has won on shorter golf courses. This is the point. So, I don't know. Anyway, um, for me, I think driving accuracy uh, and putting very, very important this week. Um, I'm looking for natural Bermuda grass putters. Um, if we're looking for other golf courses that actually have this same ch- champion Bermuda grass look to them in terms of their um, green composition. They also play champion Bermuda grass greens next week down at TPC Southwind. So if you can find any form down in Southwind, uh, that may be difficult because clearly that's been WGC for a few years. But of course, they used to play the Southwind, the um, the classic down there every year before that. So you will find a lot of leaderboards down at Southwind. Quail Hollow is another one, but only on results since the 2017 PGA Championship won by Justin Thomas. Since that, that's when they placed champion Bermuda grass greens on there. And they also play champion Bermuda grass at the Country Club of Jackson where they play the... Um, Sanderson Farms. So if you can find results on those golf courses with players, that means to me that they've got some decent, strong um, putting performances or just good performances on champion Bermuda grass dance floors. So yes, that's where we're at. That's where I'm at. Tends to be, I mean... You can you can easily get twenty under winning this, and it all depends on the green speeds. Now they had a, quite a lot of rain here last week. They've had a little bit of rain also Sunday and Monday, but only like the rain that we've been having here in the UK, Paul. You know, the little smattering that you get for like five ten minutes. Yeah, it's not making much of a dent. Yeah, is it? N- nothing significant. But what you'll definitely get, I think, you're going to get these firm, fast fairways. And it depends on what they do with the greens. If they if they let the greens, and we have seen it here where they let the greens actually release a little bit, that'll keep the score into mid-score. So, you know, your 15, 16 underwinds. If for any reason they've they've um, got the North Carolina 
fire brigade to attend and they're 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 going for a, a low score scoring week with the um with the water application on the green surfaces could be anything as low as 22 under uh, the weather itself it's unremarkable it's going to be bloody hot and there's no wind it's your typical <laughs> it's your typical north carolina in august playing conditions mm. sweltering yep um, I have gone, I'm just counting them up, I've gone for five. I'm not chasing any of the favourites this week, the big favourites. Uh, Im, Lowry, Zalatoris. I mean, people want opinions, I suppose. I, I don't see Will Zalatoris with his putting record winning the Wyndham Championship. Can't that see has that. to be a major for has to be a major for Will to, to find the putter. The one I was half tempted on at the top would be Billy Ho, whose record here is incredible, and whose record on Bermuda grass greens is pretty incredible. He's always been a, a pos- positive Bermuda grass putter. I mean, he's Floridian, isn't he? He's a Gator. Yeah, that's those are the greens that he clearly grew up in in Florida. Um, He's got a lot of motivation to do well this week, Horschel. I think Horschel, if you're going down the route of the President's Cup, three of the picks are obvious, Salatoris Young. Um, Colin Morikawa might need a helping hand looking at the President's Cup standings. I think he's in the last um, qualification spot. But Billy Horschel is right in the mix. Um... I'm just looking at the rankings as I'm prevaricating here. You've got uh, Colin Morikara in the last qualification spot in eighth. Tony Finau has jumped up to sixth now. You've got Homer, Zalatoris, Horschel and Cam Young are, are, the, are in the spots from nine to 12. So I, that to me feels pretty done. You'd, you'd need someone of a Tom Hoagie, a Kevin Kisner sort to have a couple of very strong weeks to to yep. really, really... Yeah. If, if you were sitting there and you're Davis Love the Third, are you going to pick Billy Horschel in the President's Cup or are you going to pick Tom Hoagie? Yep. <laughs> no. Oh, with his match play record. Absolutely. That's why I was so disappointed with Kevin Kisner last week. He had a huge opportunity, Kevin Kisner, to go well last week and really start forcing this issue to jump into the President's Cup re- reckoning. He's in 14th spot, but he's like 1,600 qualification points behind Billy Horschel. So he needs to win, he needed to, on, and needs to win something to really force his name into that President's Cup mix where. Well, he's the form guy and blah, 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 but he, you know, missed the cut. Well, yeah, but you look at it, Steve, and, you know, it wasn't necessarily going to play um, into the hands of the Bombers last week, but that's exactly how it's set up. No. You, you look at some of these players and they probably turn up and they, they play a practice round or they get through the first round and they think, do you know what? I'm never winning this. It's, it just doesn't set up for my style of game True. this week. It's just, and he was on the wrong side win. of the draw by two and a half shots. Wrong side average. of draw oh, yeah. is... Wrong side of the draw, better on Bermuda, better on short courses. Mm. Um, yeah, ultimately, you, you look at the way this set up, sets up this week, and I haven't backed Kisner this week, but this week sets up significantly better than last. 
um, in hindsight. But you live and learn. The first one I've gone for, and this guy is in dire need from a President's Cup perspective, especially with our mate Tom King. See, I remembered. Not Bob, Tom. <laughs> Tom. Tom's making a real run for the President's Cup. Mm, He's up to yeah. 14th spot in the qualification process, Tom Kim. Uh, he's below Ryan Fox. Mackenzie Hughes is hanging on with his fingertips to the 12th spot. I think they're doing the same, you know. I think they do top eight and then they'll pick from nine, the, the last four, Trevor and yeah. Will. Yeah. But on form for, t- for the international team, uh, Tom's got to be in there, you'd assume. Another one that's um, playing this week that's really got a good look into it is Christian Bezadenhu, who I had a very close look at this week, Bezadenhu. But the one I plumped for was Siwoo Kim. Now, we've had multitudes of multiple winners on this golf course. And when you look at Siwoo Kim, who was in the mix at St Andrews for a long, long chunk of that tournament, then flew back stateside, played the Rocket Mortgage last week, was in the top 10 for huge, huge chunks of that tournament as well. And he's now arriving at his self-proclaimed favourite golf course on the PGA Tour, where he's won in the past and the last two years he's finished third and a tie for second, got into the playoff last year. Uh, At the Open Championship, I think he was fourth. It was something crazy like fourth for strokes gained on approach. And then last week he was seventh or in the top seven for strokes gained putting. Just needs to merge two elements of the game together. So he's in desperate need because he's getting usurped by players like Tom Kim in the race for the President's Cup. He's coming to his favourite golf course and he's in great nick at the moment. It was just a, it was just a kind of triumvirate of trends that I just couldn't go and ignore. So I'm on Siwoo Kim, one and a half points each way. I managed to get yesterday... 28 to 1, eight places each way with William Hill on Siwoo Kim. It's not imaginative. But as we say, at the moment, <laughs> when when you've got all of these uh, near misses and these winners just kind of jumping out the keep net, just as you're put, putting them in, they just jump straight out. Mm. Now, I think it might need a concrete block kind of bet that actually gets the win that we, we're all looking for. Potentially, yeah. Uh, are you, are you, now, I'm, I'm, I'm turning to Barry because I know that Barry's a. He keeps close. Siwoo Kim whisperer. Now, I, you won't like the price, but are you are you joining the the train wreck this week, Barry, on Siwoo Kim? I have not bought a ticket, no. You haven't? I, I'm all over the place this week. I don't know where to land. I don't. I, th- I think I'm just going to not back Kisner because I'll just be dumped, you know. It's too um, too swingy, so I think Kisner's gone. I don't know about Siwoo. Well, if you, if you're not having KK on your team at Sedgefield, and you're not having Siwoo, sh- surely you're not turning to you're not turning to Webb Simpson. You've no. got to have one of the three at the, at the Wyndham. <laughs> how, how can you not have one of those three at the Wyndham? It's a it's a yearly tradition. I actually look at my notes. I tend to pick the same players for this every year. 
It's funny. Eventually, those that guys that get kind old. of works, doesn't it? Yeah, because it's that kind of tournament. I'm surprised, Barry. I thought you'd be on Seaman. I just don't, uh, next I, up for me another cruel. putting another putting genius, Denny McCarthy. Managed to snag Denny at forty to one with Bet three six five on their each way extra facility. Um, I was scared. I was scared as well on Denny McCarthy because he was priced up at twenty eight to one first show with Paddy Power. So we had we had Webb Simpson at fourteens and Denny McCarthy at twenty eight. I'm like, oh my lord, what kind of week is this going to be? Um, but I'm quite happy to be on Denny at forty to one. Denny's the kind of player who, over his career, has flirted with contention. He likes a Saturday afternoon collapse and then plays well on a Sunday, or he can get into the mix on a Sunday and then fall back on the Sunday. But if you actually just look at the way that he's progressing, I've actually likened him a little bit to Jimmy Walker, who Jimmy took took like 180 PGA Tour events to eventually get his win back in 2013, I think it was, or 2012. Yeah, McCarthy's progress has been very, very slow. But we just we've started to see recently. He was in the mix at the Wells Fargo Memorial Tournament, U.S. Open, and the John Deere Classic. He was sixth, seventh, eleventh, and second going into Sunday across those four, and he finished twenty-fifth, fifth, seventh, and sixth respectively. So there's three tournaments there: Memorial, U.S. Open, John Deere Classic, where he's actually hung about. At a putter's golf course on Bermuda grass, I think Denny McCarthy this week is very, very dangerous. So I'm on him at 40 to 1. The sort that hits it straight off the tee, medium to shortish distance. But when his approaches work, clearly he's one of the best putters on tour by a long, long way. He's got some half-decent form here, and he's got half-decent form across a lot of the correlating courses that I'm looking for. So Denny's in for me. We've seen in the past as well players like JT Poston, Siwoo Kim himself, Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson, amazingly enough, won his first ever PGA Tour victory here. So we have seen a few first-time winners. So I think I wouldn't be overly surprised if Denny can get in the mix. Trouble with Denny is, and it's always the point with Denny McCarthy, he can be dog awful on a Thursday and shoot two over par and take himself out of it. So I'll be praying that Denny has a decent start to the tournament on Thursday. Um, next up for me also at that 40-1 to 1 price point. He was at 50-1 to 1 for about 10 minutes with William Hill. But this guy just keeps staring at me in all of the statistics, all of the course history, everything I look at, this guy stares me in the face. Even my current strokes gain tracker, he currently sits in my strokes gain tracker in the top 16 for strokes gain total. He's very, very high, top 12 for strokes gain putting. Is is across all of the the stats I'm looking for? Is JT Poston the postman? 
So sometimes you just can't. I, I, I've I've made um, years and years. If you look at names and you find reasons not to back them, well, I'm, I've 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 got out of that this season. If I like a player, I just put him in there. Now Poston's likely to miss the cut as he is as to contend. He's that sort, but he's playing some fantastic golf. He um, he was a winner recently, wasn't he? Where did he win? Poston was it the John Deere Classic he won? Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, just before the. Uh... Yeah, for one of the majors. Second at the Travellers, first at the John Deere Classic, flew to the Open, missed the cut. I think he missed it on the number though. Then he flew back on the 3M Open charter plane, finished eleventh over mm. in Minneapolis. He's in decent nick. He's a St Simon's Island guy. Good friends with Davis Love the Third. He's in the top sixty in the world. This is this this for him is his probably the best season of his career. I'm just I'm just going with the wave that is JT Poston. A winner here in the past, of course, in 2019. So those are my three sub 40 to one. I've got Poston, McCarthy, and Siwoo Kim. Right, I'll hand it over to you guys. Who are you plumping for? Let's start with Paul. We'll give Barry more thinking time. Well. Until I talked about Kevin Kisner a minute ago, I didn't have anyone sub 100 to 1. But I've while you're talking, Steve, I've backed Kisner because the justification I almost talked myself into, or did talk myself into, <laughs> while you were um, while I was talking it through. So I've backed him. I've just backed him at 35 to 1 with the bet 3658 place option, which seems decent enough. Uh, defending champion of course last week if we write that off as being a course that ultimately didn't suit then prior to that 21st at the open sixth at the travelers good enough coming into a four, coming into a course that i think he he really enjoys um defending champion of course as i just said so uh, no reason why he shouldn't go well this week i don't think the two that i've backed outside of or in three figures i've backed matt wallace at um, 125 to one with eight places he seems to be rounding into some form recently 26th at the 3m open Tenth uh, last week at the Rocket Mortgage, he was bogey-free over his final two rounds. Really upbeat on social media about that. Um, improving in terms of his putting as well. Fourteenth the week before for strokes game putting. Fifth last week. Um, going to your point about needing to have some digs and putters on this. When Matt Wallace is playing well, he drives it well. He also puts very well. And I think in terms of the switch to Bermuda, that will be fine. If you look through some of his DP World Tour um, history, he was. Fifth for strokes game putting back in 2021 at Abu Dhabi. Um, just before that, the previous December, fifth for strokes game putting again at the Golf in Dubai Championship, which is the one at the Fire Course, which adjoins the the Earth Course. Um, to your point about the St Jude, Steve, fourth for strokes game putting at the WGC St Jude in 2019 as well. So mm. some champion Bermuda form there as well. Uh, currently sitting 134th in their FedEx Cup. Now, yeah. I know there are some players in there that um, will potentially be removed, but even so, I still don't think he'll find himself inside the top 125 unless he has a particularly good week this week. I think that he's the kind of character who will use that to galvanise yeah. his performance. From memory, you remove six 
So he'd be currently yeah. at 129. Yeah, 128. 128. 128. That, that, so, yeah. He's just outside, isn't he? He is. So, he needs a good week. Yeah, he's in the top 20 of my strokes game putting over the last eight weeks, so he's definitely found the putter. Mm, yeah, I, I've been watching him for a while now because that early season form on the PGA Tour was really poor, wasn't it? And he came back over to, to Europe, played a bit, improved quite a bit as a result of that, and um, it seems to be on an upward trajectory now, which which is good for him. And yeah, he, he's that kind of fiery character. I think he really put in the effort this week. So so Wallace at one twenty five. So the other one I backed was Chesson Hadley, which um, who I managed to get a two hundred to one with eight places yesterday, which I thought was a cracking price for a, for a guy who's got three top tens in his last six starts. He was fifteenth here last year. He closed with a sixty-two, yep, which did, tied yeah. the best. Yeah, is the best round. Or tied the best round of the week. That sixty-two. But that got him into one twenty-five, didn't it? He finished on mm. the bubble. Absolutely, and it yeah. was that closing yeah. eight under. It's yeah, like the round of his uh, life. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it obviously um, that pressure again, like Wallace, kind of galvanised him into a performance, and um, mm. perhaps you can see a bit more of the same this week. Um, forget last week, Mister Carr. He's putting really well before that, so I thought two hundred to one was a decent enough price to take on with eight places. But yeah, they're my my three: Hadley, Wallace, and um, very recently KK for the week. Barry, um, too, too, <laughs> I'm not too long. Yeah, I'm all over the place. I'm not too long shots at the moment, but then um, Alex Smalley, uh, who was brought to my attention by the PJ Tour website and the story about last year getting. Um, an invitation to play and mm. he's gone on yeah. since then so maybe kind of jumping on that uh, feel good vibe the return to where it all kind of re- you know really kicked off from um, another one then I like the look of just ride, riding a hot week from last week is Taylor Moore mm. very streaky so, you look at his corn ferry last year yeah, he's putting lights out, Taylor Moore. In fact, I think he's in my top 10 for strokes gained over the last eight weeks. That shows you how well the bloke's been playing. And what price did you get on him? Oh, I, I'm just kind of getting them onto a short list. I need to go find the... Oh, you combo. haven't backed him yet? No, not yet. He's sitting tied eighth with Keith Mitchell, Vincent Whaley, and Will Zalatoris. Is Taylor Moore strokes gained current form last eight weeks? So he's been playing very good golf. Yeah, very good. My, golf. My, my my dilemma is I want to stick with Taylor Pendrith. He did nothing wrong. He did nothing to offend me. He placed fantastic. Didn't expect him to beat Fina the way things set up going into Sunday. So. Why should I ditch him? But then, when I'm looking at the the stretch of players around those odds, I now have Pendrith around the same odds as um, Tom Kim, who's playing phenomenal golf and just riding the crest of a wave. And then you've mm-hmm. Kisner and Siwoo Kim. They're all around the same price. So now it's just mm-hmm. they're going to what do I do? Do I back all of them or do I back none of them and just grab? A, that's why I'm in this confusion zone. Yeah. Or maybe it's the DraftKings play week, Barry, and you build some teams with um, combinations of those guys in there. That's a good idea. Ooh, I usually yeah, I usually don't 
do DraftKings very regularly. Just kind of reserve it for the majors because it's hard going up against all the... Hmm. Okay, I'm not going to sit here debating it or <laughs> recording, but it's a good, it's a, it's a, that's, a, that's a good pivot, uh, Paul. I like that. I might do that. Mm. I went Keith Mitchell at 50 to 1. Hits a lot of fairways for quite a large bomber and um, played some junior golf here, AJGA golf, back when he was um, developing as a youngster. Says he likes the course. Plays a lot of two irons off tees. He's long enough. He's straight enough to be able to do that. And as we know, I'm always quite sweet on Mitchell on Bermuda grass. Um, he was fourth here after 36 holes as a rookie back in 2018 when Snedeker won. Uh, he's a much better golfer than that now. Um. He just the kind he's the kind of place and, and also fantastic record at Quail Hollow. He's had an eighth and a third there, so he clearly gets on well with champion Bermuda Grass Greens. Six top ten finishes this year. That shows you how far he's come, development wise, I think. So yeah, I just like Mitchell. He um couple of top tens. Uh, he had 18th at the Memorial, 7th in Canada, and then 6th at the Travellers. Then, you know, did the jaunt over to uh, Scotland and the Open. I think he missed the cut on the number at the Open. He played half-decent at the Scottish Open. Back in the States. That's the kind of form that you look back at and you go, oh, that's the kind of form. Because I'm looking at Kevin Kisner. He'd finished 8th within his last three tournaments when he won last year. Poston 11th within his last three. Snedeker was eighth within his last two. It's that kind of form. And you look at Mitchell, seventh in Canada, sixth at the Travellers. That's the kind of form we're looking for. So very positive Bermuda grass player, Keith Mitchell for me at 50 to 1. And then this is a player that you, this was the last guy I put up. I'll tell you, I think um, Andrew Putnam might not go well at 150 to 1. There's one for you. Uh, I wouldn't disagree with you also on Matt Wallace. I had a good look at Wallace. Mm. there's something here Paul about Beth Page um, yep. there's, there's absolutely no rhyme or reason for this but there's mm. something about Beth Page Black and players that have won this or done well here Sergio yeah. Garcia Branch Snedeker um, and I remember Wallace contending at the PGA at Beth Page that Kepka won yeah, yeah. so I, I, I like that Wallace route I've gone for a player that you've been talking up quite recently and he never quite clicked for you, but Mark Hubbard. Yeah. Um, 75 to 1, I managed to get each way extra, eight places each way with Bet365. He's a winner on Bermuda grass down in Florida on the Corn Ferry. He was 13th at TPC River Highlands. He's got a top 12 at Detroit Golf Club. That's a Ross design. He was 24th and 15th here in 2020. 24th in 2017. And across my eight-week strokes going trackers, first for approach, 14th for putting, and 12th for current form. And that's with the missed cut he had last week included, where he got a hole-in-one in round one. Thirteenth yeah. at the JDC, third at the Barbasol, fourth at the Barracuda. Now I know that those two events, the Barbasol and Barracuda, are a lower level, but 
he's the sort, Hubbard. Very, very good approach player. Straight as you like off the tee and a fantastic putter. You could see, I could see, you know, he, he probably broke quite a few DraftKings hearts last week, missed the cut. And as we know with golf, it's a, she's a cruel mistress. Sometimes jumping on players after they miss the cut and the sort of hype train ends on them isn't a bad spot to be in. No, no. So, yeah, Sometimes Hubbard, I, 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 again, he's 86th in the FedEx Cup standings as well. And you look at the winners of this, there's a lot of winners of this that are deeper down in the rankings. I know that's obvious because it tends to be a weaker field, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I would not be surprised with Mark Hubbard. The sort for me. Mm. Done remarkably well this year off of a very low status. I mean, he was 137th in the FedEx Cup in mid-May. And he's now a safe 86th with 13th at the John Deere, 3rd at the Bulbasaur, 4th at the Barracuda. So he's got full playing privileges. He's fought his way onto the PGA Tour for next year. Full playing privileges. Can pick the exact schedule that he wants that's a that's a fantastic story with mark hubbard so congratulations let's just he'll go one of two ways he'll put his feet up and have be smoking cigars or he'll actually grab the cut you know and think well, i've got a massive chance here to just keep that momentum going this week at the Wyndham. so those are my five hubbard mitchell poston denny mccarthy siwoo kim yeah, Hubbard's interesting. Um, as you say, that holding one. Remember, they used to have that uh, holding one proposition with uh, Victor back in the day. That if your player got a holding one, you'd um, you'd effectively be paid out as a winner, which was uh, <laughs> which was nice. a nice proposition. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have been uh, I'd have been celebrating a win yesterday, last week when uh, Hubbard got his uh, holding one. But uh, yeah, I can see that. You know, sometimes the missing the cut for any player can uh, can focus the mind, get them to reset over the weekend, and come back, um, you know, come back stronger the following week. There's the whole psychology element to consider as well. So, so yeah, I can see see Hubbard going well. We shall see. The one I, the one I, you tend to see, don't you, like Schnedeker, um Kevin Kisner, you do get a lot of kind of medium price point players, but with real quality behind them, can sometimes sneak up and win this. I just wonder, he's on my post-it note of doom, so I can never actually put him up, but I just wonder about Adam Scott this week. He had that miss. Was it three footer? How far? How, how how long was that putt last year that he had in the playoff to win it? Oh yeah, yeah, at, at best. But uh, I wonder about Adam Scott because if, apart from an absolutely atrocious Saturday in Detroit last week, he played some magnificent golf. Adam Scott, and he's mm. still the same price, thirty three to one. Yeah, and has actually been putting better. Yes, generally over the last year or so. Yeah, much much better. So I don't know if Scott just comes and takes away all of our hopes and dreams of a winner this week. But um, he's, he's one that I'm very um, worried about. The other obvious one, of course, would be Brian Harmon, straight off of, the, straight off of that fantastic Open Championship finish. Yep. But I struggle with Brian Harmon. He's always quite lowly priced and has only ever won twice on the PGA Tour over a very long career. 
You don't seem to get a lot of value on Harm. Well, are we done on the Wyndham? Should we move across to the DP World Tour? Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's chat through the uh, Kazoo Open. Where we head to Wales and continue our tour of the UK, so um, or UK and Ireland, so Northern Ireland next week. That will complete the set. We'll have done mainland Ireland, Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, um, and England over the last few weeks, which is, uh, I'm sure it was planned. Um, anyway, low key, low, it is a low key event, another small prize fund, and again, that's kind of reflected in the field. No Ryan Fox this week, so Thomas Detry, Jordan Smith are the joint favourites at 16 to 1. Callum, Shink, Callum Shinkwin, 22 to 1. Thurbjorn Olsen, 30 to 1. Hurley Long, same price, 30 to 1. Then you're into the likes of Mikko Kahonen, Eddie Pepperell, Sean Crocker, last week's winner, 33s. The Bullet, Marcus Armitage, 35 to 1, 40 to 1, bar those players I've just read through. Boyle Sports, Coral Labrooks are all going eight places each way, a fifth of the odds this week. And of course, you can select your odds op- or your each way terms options with Bet365's each way extra proposition, which is running on the Kazoo Open as well this week. Um, in Wales, we're specifically at the 2010 course at Celtic Manor, um, which we have all, all know from the uh, for, uh, used the course for the 2010 Ryder Cup back in the day. It's been extended a little bit since then. Uh, in fact, it's been extended since last year. It's now a 7,503-yard par 71. So it's verging on being really quite long. Five par threes and four par fives. That's how they make up the par of 71 here. Uh, lots of water in play. Generous fairways, though. Bent power greens. They're not particularly tough, these bent power greens. Um, talking about the course and in terms of its changes, actually over 100 yards have been added to the course since last year. 14th, the par four there has moved from a 413-yard par four up to 485. So that will make that one a bit of a stiffer test. And the final hole, the closing par five, is now um, 613 yards up from 575. So um, perhaps that'll keep a lid on the scoring to a certain degree. Um, We shall see. Lots of course history, though. Um, We played last year here for the Kazoo Open. In 2020, post-lockdown, there were two events here, back-to-back weeks to look through. We've also got the Wales Open, which was held here up to and including 2014. So if you're flicking through the core stats or the combined stats on the site this week, it's the Celtic Manor stats um, that you've got featured on there. Uh, in terms of making the course, well, in terms of playability, it does need wind here to keep the scoring down. I don't think we're going to get it. Looking at the forecast, it looks really quite placid. Maybe 10 miles an hour. Maybe Thursday might get a little bit more than that, 12, 13 miles an hour, but nothing massive. And if anything, the wind seems to be dropping away over the weekend to leave a, a dry, sunny Temperatures in the mid seventies Fahrenheit kind of uh, kind of weekend, which um, it should be fantastic for for playing in, fantastic for the um, for the viewers and uh, for those attending the event. But I don't think it's going to do much to keep the scores down. Um, looking back historically, let's go back to twenty ten. Graham McDowell won here at fifteen under. He was a twenty two to one shot. Uh, 2011 was Alex Noren at 9 under 66s for Noren. Tong Chai Jai won in 2012. He was uh, 6 under. He won at 
for 125 to 1 was his starting price. 2013, Gregory Bordy, 8 under par at 40 to 1. So you can see when the wind blows or when it's reasonably tricky, 9 under, 6 under, 8 under for those three renewals. So kind of technical style test on those. 2014, the last time the Wales Open um, was played before the break, um, Joost Loughton won at 14 under. He was a 14 to 1 shot coming in with some decent form. Then a break until 2020, post-lockdown, as I said, Sam Horsfield won the first event at 18 under 28 to 1. The following week, it was quite a bit windier. Roman Langask won at 8 under. So there was a 10 shot differential. Uh, Langask was a 66 to 1 shot, 10 shot di uh, differential the following week. So that just puts into context how the conditions here can change um, the, the scorability of this kind of exposed course. Nacho Elvira won last year. He's the defending champion, 16 under he reached, 250 to 1. And your crystal ball would have been working extremely well if you managed to pluck out Nacho Elvira because there was absolutely nothing in his form line to suggest he was just about to win a, a decent tournament. If you look at the stats, it's a decent all-round test, really. Um, if you look at the traditional stats, Elvira, as a case in point, really, ninth for accuracy, eighth for greens and regulation. 23rd for scrambling, 10th for putting, so pretty good on all aspects. We do have some strokes gain data as well, and I've highlighted some of the key stats on the preview if you want to dig through that. Uh, if anything, it really highlights that uh, strokes gain off the tee, strokes gain approach, strokes gain tee to green are the, where it is. It's a, it, it's a long, um, a long game course. It's the kind of course where if you're striking the ball well if you're really hitting your irons well if you're playing well from off the tee then you can contend um if you look at some of the symmetry and the stats from last year was was mind-boggling really um if you look at the top seven finishes last year all of them literally all of them finished inside the top eight for both strokes gained approach and strokes gained tee to green very rarely do you see such symmetry in the uh, in the data. So again, it just reinforces the the fact that a decent long game is the is the key to unlocking Celtic Manor, in my view. Uh, trying to pick out some of the other stats, or if you're looking at the com combined stats or the current form or, or um, uh, course history stats. That's a real mix. Joe Loughton came into um, came into the event coming off the back of uh, fourth and fifth place finishes. Sam Horsfield um, finished tenth, eleven, sorry, tenth first, then missed cut and then won here back in twenty twenty. Nacho Alvira, he couldn't make a top fifty, and he, you have to go all the way back to Abu Dhabi at the start of the year to find him inside the top twenty of any event. Um, he was missing cuts for fun, and then came and won here. Um, at a mad price 12 months ago. So not much um, correlation in those two. Um, real mix of course form as well. So Joost Loughton came in, this is 2014. He'd finished second and fourth at Celtic Manor in the past. Gregory Bordy, the winner the previous year, um, he'd also finished runner-up at Celtic Manor in the past. Whereas more recent winners, Sam Horsfield, Roman Langask, they were both debutants here in 2020. Elvira did have a little bit of course form, but nothing that you would, um, the, the kind of course form you'd be likely to stick a line through rather than really, uh, really consider. So yeah, not much, not much to get hung up, I think, on term, in terms of current form and course form. 
Um, it's probably one of those weeks where you need to use a bit more gut feel, I'd say, to to try and work through and determine who you think is going to win. That's kind of how I've gone this week. I've backed five, um, and near the top, I've stuck with um, Eddie Pepper, who came so close to us last week. He's 33-1 to this week. He was 66 his last week. And I guess this is similar to your Pendrith point, Barry, in that um, a player has a decent week, the price halves and um you know where do you go with that do you do you stick with it and uh and, and double your stake or do you, do you kind of look at the the price and think you know I, I, I can't possibly take it um i for me eddie pepper i've just got to back him i've got to stay on and i, I think he's that close to a win that um it there's no justification for me to uh to leave him out i don't think um, really upbeat about his game, rightly so. He's swinging beautifully. I don't know how much you guys have caught of the action last week, but um, it's swinging really, really nicely at the moment. 11th at the hillside, second last week, as we discussed. All of his core stats are improving. All of them improved week on week between hillside and uh, and last week at uh, Fairmont. First for strokes gain approach last week. Fifth for strokes gain tee to green. Fourth for strokes gain putting. That is a really potent combination coming to Celtic Manor, in my view. He missed the cut here in 2020. Um, that was post-lockdown. He'd withdrawn from his previous two events. He just he, he wasn't quite right. He hadn't quite got the um, how the conditions and how everything was set up post-lockdown. I don't think his game was in any, or his mind was in any, any fit state to be, uh, to be winning golf tournaments. Prior to that, fourth here in 2014. Um, shows that he can play the course. He showed he's also can, uh, can can hold his form as well. So going back to that 2014 effort, his previous four starts, fourth, fifth, missed the cut, fourth the week before, then contended here back in 2014 as well. Um, ultimately, perhaps all those comments, you know, he's, he's made, he's been really quite vocal about Henrik Stenson. We talked about it last week on the podcast as well. Stenson went and won in New Jersey last week on his uh, live debut, um, mm. which is kind of two fingers up to Eddie. Perhaps uh, Eddie will return the favour and, uh, and and do exactly the same this week in, uh, in Wales. We shall see. But yeah, Eddie for me, only one that I could really reasonably pick out at the top of the, uh, top of the betting. Um, a little bit further down, Matty Schmidt, Matthias Schmidt. Managed to get 50 to 1 yesterday. He's been tipped up in a few places. I think you're probably going to find he's going to go off closer to 33s. So if you fancy Matty um, and there's a price outside of 33 to 1, I'd probably take that quite early because he's going to be um, backed in, I think, quite considerably. Powerful, talented young German. He should really enjoy this week. He was 47th here last year. That was straight after the Open Championship. Um, and shown some signs at the Open. Um, there'd been a little bit of um, bit, little bit of focus on him. I think he shot 65 in the second round of the Open Championship and uh, came to a few people's attention. Um, finished 47th here. I can understand that. Um, looking in recent form, real chance at the Barbasol Championship, didn't he, a couple of weeks back? Um, yeah. That was the first of these co-sanctioned events. 65-63 shot in the first two rounds there. 66 in the third round. He had a two-shot lead going into the Sunday. Couldn't hold it together. Shot 77, finished eighth. Decent um, performance overall, though, and decent uh, experience to log away for the next time that uh, he finds himself in contention, which I think may well be this week. Tenth, the strokes gain approach, even though he had that disastrous Sunday. Um, puts into context where his iron game is at the moment. 
and some decent form on the DP World Tour this year. Second at the Dutch Open and third at the Stain City Championship. Both of those, he was getting close to 20 under in terms of his score. I think that's maybe 17, 18 is good enough to win this week somewhere in that region. Um, so I think he's quite comfortable in that kind of region. Um, it's got the power, got the scoring potential to go well this week, I think. So Matty Schmidt's in. Um, another, he, I think, He's 35 well. to 1 best price, eight places each way with right. each way extra on Bet365. Wow, he's, he's you can you can you can grab a forty at Bet Victor, but that's five places each way, a quarter of the odds, the old standard mm. industry standards um, each way terms. Yeah, so yeah, thirty five to one on Schmidt. See a blue, but uh, yeah. yeah, so I can understand why as well. There's there's a lot to like, and that uh, that Barbasol form is really standout compared to the vast majority of the players in this field this week. Um, has to be said, yeah. Another another thing that can go well this week is Chase Hanna, the um, American. Um, inconsistent sort um, but when he's good his best looks plenty good enough I think um, and certainly good enough to contend at this kind of level go back to the start of the year six missed cuts to start the year that was no good but second in Qatar sixth at the Belfry fourth at the Sudal Open um, in a short burst of form was good um, and then right off the boil again seems to have found something last week found something in his approach game found something in his tee to green game last week 12th for strokes gain approach, 15th strokes gain tee to green for a 30th place finish. So his long game was much improved last week. And he was sixth here last year. Um, again, um, it was his long game, second for strokes gain approach, eighth for strokes gain tee to green um, here last year for a tie for sixth. So um, that's positive. Perhaps the inspiration from Sean Crocker's win last week can. Uh, can rub off on Chase Hannah at 80 to 1 this week. We shall see. Um, and a couple of mad outsiders, um, including one that I don't think I've put up recently at uh, this kind of price. Anyway, first one's Robin Peterson, who, or Peterson, who I picked up. Um, I'm trying to anglicise him. Um, he's a Swede, so I'm sure it's much more likely to be Peterson than Peterson. Interesting. Uh, yes. Uh, slightly different from uh, his, uh, his friend Carl, I'm sure. Um, Robin Peterson, I got him last. Oh, I got him at four hundred to one uh, early yesterday. This is again, he's been backed in two hundred and fifty to one is out there at the moment. Um, but again, I think that's still a decent price for a player who's got a lot of potential. And um, we don't really know a great deal about the thirty-year-old uh, Swede, but he really did catch the eye at Hillside um, the week before last. Finished third there. Uh, it was 12th last week on the Challenge Tour. And he gets another chance at the top tier this week. We'll see how he uh, see how he goes. Uh, some biorhythm vibes, if you believe in biorhythms. Um, he won on the Nordic circuit at this time of year, the start of August back in 2020. Held off Marcus Hellegild that week. And so that's not a bad scalp to be able to boast because uh, Hellegild's um, gone on to bigger and better things. And uh, he was another one of those players who was uh, contending over in the States and those co-sanctioned events. So, um, yeah, interesting to see how he goes, but quite happy to take a small punt on Robin Peterson. Also, I've taken a small punt on Joel Stouter, the Frenchman. Now, I played this at 700 to 1 with the 10 places 17th odds market on bet 365 each way extra yesterday uh, in my calculation that meant that it was 100 to 1 for a um for an each way place for a top 10 finish effectively 
That's been trimmed in slightly 600 to 1 now for the same market. There's 750 to 1 out there in the general market. There's a 1,000 available on the exchange. There's lots of options there. Um, so pick your pick your poison in terms of how you play Joel Stouter. But uh, I played him 700 to 1, 10 places, one-seventh of the odds. Uh, and I think that price is incorrect. I think he's one of those players, um, well, if you look back historically, he's one of the players who really hit the ground um, after the first lockdown. He was 15th at the Austrian Open. He won the Euroam Bank Open the following week. Um, 14 under in the past 70 there. So that's kind of consistent with what we might see this week on a past 71. You know, 16, 18 under, something like that. Um, been largely poor since that point, but last week, that was his best finish since that win. Uh, finished 14th last week at Fairmont St Andrews. Closed with a 65. That tied Eddie Pepple for the best round of the day. 13th for strokes going approach. Big, big step forward in his approach game last week as well. Perhaps he can keep it going. Perhaps he can find that um, additional bit of um, momentum. And certainly that's what we saw at the um, when he won back a couple of years ago. 15th then first. Who's to say he can't go 14th and then contend this week at a mad mad price uh, then my five Joel Stouter Robin Pettersson Chase Hanna Matty Schmidt and Eddie Pepperell any from you Barry? that's that's a fun bet on Stalter I might just join you on that just mm. because you can get absurd odds um, mad. that's crazy and when you compare like what Bet365 have versus the rest of the market, it's nuts. Big change, is, yeah. big difference. Yeah, unless you play it on the exchange where you're getting a thousand. And mm. yeah, you've got to be brave, I think, to go win only on a player like Stouter. But um, could he sneak into a top eight or a top 10 or top, you know, depending on how you want to play it. There's to, uh, there was top 12 options out there for 700 to one, um, a ninth of the odds. So depending how you um, how you see the market, there's different ways to play him, but... Yeah, worse or worse bets out there, I think. Yeah, I think th- there's one, one other I'm going to have. I, I I seem to have something in my head that I don't gamble well at Celtic Manor. I don't know what. It, so I'm going to pay attention to that warning sign um, or siren in the in the head and just <laughs> keep it low with bets. Um, I'm going to back Connor Syme. Just has yep. that little bit extra on the price. Um, but a third and eighth and 18th in um, three goes around here. Just has that little bit of extra price. I mean, if you look at comparing like Callum Shinkwin is less than half the price is 11th, 8th and 4th here. So that, that was my rationale for, for going with Syme over somebody shorter odds. So. Yeah, no, I can see that. I've, it's not specifically on my post-it note, but um, I have back signed before and he's let me down on the, the business end and um, it's kind of one that I tend to skirt over as a result of that, which may be a little unfair to him uh, because he has been playing some good stuff. So yeah, I, I, I can see the logic. And um, again, I've seen him tipped up in the last day, uh, well, last few hours. So so yeah, there's there's some people with some like-minded thoughts, Barry. So quite quite possible that he goes well this week. Steve, any, any just what, just what a, a question on Eddie Pepperell. Just yeah, out of I know he has a looking at his uh, past results here. He's a fourth. He also has a sixty-eight and a missed cut. Do you think his recent form is more tied to the Linksy Heathland style of golf, or will you, you know? Do you feel like it will just translate here? 
I think when he's playing well, I, I, I got an email um, asking exactly the same thing over the weekend. I I think when he's swinging as well as he is, he can translate that to any course. And the I, I would have been hard, even if he had three attempts in, three missed cuts, I think I'd have been hard-pressed to ignore that this week anyway. The fact that he has played well in the, in the past was a bit of a bonus, really. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll completely ignore the, the 2020 um, missed cut because, as, as I said a second ago, it was it, it withdrawn, withdrawn the two previous events. His head just wasn't right in terms of how to, to operate within the bubble. Uh, missed the cut when he came here. Um, in a far, far better place now. And I think when he's playing from tee to green the way he is at the moment, and he's putting well, there's some really good putts he's making as well. It, last week could could ease, could really quite conceivably be in a win. Um, you know, Sean Cocker doesn't make the par putt on 17. Um, you know, then it's either a play, it's either a playoff or potentially bogeys the last. You know, there's there's different ways it could have played out. Um, I think he's I think he's right, Betty. I think he's going to win. He's live motivated, mate. <laughs> this 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 whole live Ferrari has kind of motivated certain individuals. I mean, that performance yeah. from Stenson last week was incredible. Yeah. He had been trending slightly. He had been improving. And looking back, that was a cracking bet to to grab um, Stenson for that. And that shows a lot of mental fortitude to have had the week and the amount of abuse that guy had had and actually win that tournament. Yeah. And there'll be people shouting down the mic, but we don't care, Steve. But um showed a lot of fortitude. And actually, you look at Stenson's always perform well around the Big Apple. Very, very mm-hmm. good New Jersey, New York State form. Yeah. If, if there was ever a player who needed to vindicate his um, yeah, yeah, decision, yeah. it was that one. Um, that was that. Well, I think a lot of the golfers on the Live Tour don't need to vindicate anything. They're just turning up after a little practice and not doing a great deal because that's what they can do now. I think if you actually get a golfer that can turn up is and has got some reason to do well, like a Patrick Reed's playing better now, isn't he? And like a Stenson, you, you can you can pick those out. Um, Soren Kjelton, I'll take this week, one hundred and forty to one, mm. eight places each way. Yep. On the bet three six five each way extra. I believe he was seventh last week. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. was. Th- Third here in 2013. I'm using our combined data spreadsheet, Ollie. Uh, Ollie? Uh, that's my son, um, Paul. Um, he was third here in 2013 and 18th here in 2021. Yep. Second that in 2007, would that be right? Is that this course? Uh, uh, going back, they've, um, it's been used. I think there was a slightly different setup back then. Oh, I'd, well, but I'd have to check. But, uh, so this but even so, st- same stretch of land, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, playing all right, Skelton at the moment. I remember him popping up at a lead, on a towards the top of a leaderboard before last week's seventh mm. as well. Yeah, I think he fell back again, but he seems to be playing a lot better to Soren. Yeah, um, so I'll take that one hundred and forty to one with the eight places, and I, I'm I'm like you. I might just follow you in on Smith and um, Eddie Pep. I think this live situation's got Pepro in the right space. He's far yeah. better than most of these at his peak. Far, far better. Yeah, I'd have had him far closer to the to, to favouritism this week. You look at the guys at the top and their um, seeming inability in general to get over the line. Yeah, what Jordan Smith and Thomas Dietrich at the top of the yeah at the top of the market. Yeah, yeah. Callum Shinquin. 
twice so, the price, you're getting yeah. uh, Eddie Pepper, who, who looks looks primed and ready to go. So yeah, we shall see. Yeah, I like those three. I think that's us, champs. Indeed, indeed. No pod next week because we're both away. No, we're having so, a week off. No, no uh, podcast next week. So we'll be back the following week. We will be. We will be. Uh, one thing to know: I still haven't seen a PGO tour schedule for next season, <laughs> and we're now in into August. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So post to post to a championship, we have no idea what's happening on the PGA Tour. Steve, just uh, there's a article on the PGA Tour website uh, about next season's schedule. There- oh, it's just come out yesterday. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Oh, I actually, a, able to plan my life for the next twelve months. Yeah, a little read for you with your, your cup of tea now after recording this. Oh, yeah, definitely. I look forward to it. That just shows you, though, how close to the knuckles organising a lot of this stuff is. They've, they've announced it on the 1st of August for a schedule that starts in September, I take it. I'm just having a quick look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must be. That's mad. Right, I'm looking forward to my holiday next week. I hope your bets go well, gentlemen. Yeah, best of luck, guys. You too, boys. I hope the listeners, bets, and DraftKings teams go well, and we will be back in a fortnight. See you later. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more. Because it's the golf betting system. The golf betting system is the golf.